This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. All right, church, I'm going to preach. Dan is going to be around me today. It's not going to be an ordinary day. It's not going to be ordinary because I don't know what I'm going to do. I woke up this morning and felt felt from the Lord that uh, it was my responsibility to... Uh, to really turn and listen to the voice of the Spirit. So there might be some spontaneity that we haven't had in the last number of weeks with, uh, since we went into quarantine. Um, and I, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to lead as God's leading me to, for our church for this time. And uh, we're in crazy, a crazy season. And there's a lot of, lot of different things going on for different People and uh, in the city is one thing, in the suburbs is another thing. Um, then we've got the whole thing of, of opening versus closing of public facilities and even churches and around the country there's a lot of confusion about that. But I want you to know in the middle of all of this, God's kingdom is coming right now. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I actually believe that God's not afraid and God's not worried and God's not biting his nails up in heaven. Nervously, He is secure, and he knew this time was coming, and he knows how to lead his church through a season like this. And over the last number of weeks and months that we've been in quarantine, there's been quiet miracles that are happening uh, that we may not even know about. God, God is adding to our number at Emmanuel, and people have gone through growth track, and today we're going to honor our new members that came in during this whole season. And uh, I'm very excited about it. we got some pictures of, of all the new members that have come in to Emmanuel during this time. You don't even know. God is bringing more sisters and brothers all to be a part of the Emmanuel family and to be a part of the house of prayer for all nations that God is building. And I'm so excited about that. And woo-hoo, uh, welcome to all of the new members. We're so excited that you've gone through growth track, completed it. And you went through it and you just said, I'm all in. And you're in with the family here. That doesn't mean we are, we're perfect people. Nobody here is perfect. In fact, the person that you might be nearest right now, they especially aren't perfect, right? Uh, but you all know if you looked in the mirror, you're not perfect either. And uh, that means that God is bringing imperfect people into the church and he's building his church and you all are a part of the living stones of the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that you're a part of what God is doing. I just got a few thoughts, and I'm not sure how far I'm going to go on my message today, because I want to make sure that we have time to go back into worship and to pray and to really go to the throne today. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and I'm believing for God to bring an outpouring of the Spirit, not only to church sanctuaries, but it would go into the homes, and it would go into our communities, and it would turn the world upside down just as it did in the book of Acts, as God's Spirit moves with his people we're going to start a new series, and I felt like I wanted to still do this today. And uh, in this new series, I'm going to address some of the, the things going on in our community here in a few moments. So hang on there if you're wondering, is Pastor Nate going to talk about what's happening in Minneapolis and St. Paul? For sure I will. Um, but I want to set some, the context because, you know, biblically speaking, we need to build our lives on those things which are eternal, not just the temporary things that we're feeling around us. And then the eternal word gives us an ability to interpret, and the spirit will help us, guide us through what we're all walking through. So today is the first part of the series, Moving Mountains 
part one. Part one. Now, mountains are some of the most imposing, beautiful things to observe in all of creation. I want you to think about the majestic nature of mountains. Um, we don't have mountains in Minnesota, but I know I have enjoyed seeing the mountains in Colorado and California. I've even seen mountains overseas in various places. And they're just overwhelming, especially as you get closer and closer and closer to them. And it seems like they get taller and taller and taller. And you think, man, this is so majestic. It's beautiful. But they also are like permanent. They're, they're not likely to ever be moved. And, uh, and as I think about the Bible, the Bible was written with mountains all around it. And the city of Jerusalem is actually set on a mountain. And, um, and things like in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments came to Moses on a mountain. Uh, Jesus ascended to heaven from a mountain. And so the, this is kind of a part of the culture of the day. And in general, everyone knew that mountains, what they were and what, that they were immovable. And Jesus says that our prayer can become so powerful that it moves mountains. Our prayer can become so powerful that it moves mountains. Look at Mark chapter 11 with me. Mark chapter 11. It says this in verse 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, this seems really outlandish and impossible, but I want you to hear Jesus on this. He says, I tell you the truth. That's his phrase. Now, when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, that's not a sort of truth. That means it's literal truth. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. So when Jesus says it, we need to hear it. And he's speaking specifically to his disciples in the same way that he's speaking to you and to me. In fact, if you were to think about it, as we think about our prayer life, you can look at the disciples and they were growing in their own prayer life. They were growing in it as they followed Jesus. See, Jesus came along and he picked out different people from various backgrounds and he said, come and follow me. And those disciples spent three years following Jesus, being a part of his team, as Jesus did miracles all over. And it could be it was all just the Jesus show and I'll just kind of do clean up and help serve you, Jesus. But Jesus was now saying, no, the thing that I do when I go and pray, I want you to learn to grow in and do. And I would say this for our church. Church, I don't want you to think that Pastor Nate's prayers are more powerful than yours are. I want you to grow in your prayer journey with God so that you too can say to the mountains of your life, the impossible things of your life, be moved and it will be moved. To grow in your faith so that you can pray powerful prayers. God wants his church to move mountains. We all carry our stuff into the church and we need transformation. 
We need that. As God grows us, we're gonna go through stuff. Our families of origin, where we come from, the sins of our past, the sins of generations, they all come into our story. But when God calls us into the church, we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We go through a transformation, not just an event, but a process. And the way that God does that is he does it by planting us in the church with other people who have their own issues. And so we got a bunch of messed up people all in the church, and God intends for our journey together, bumping into each other, bugging each other, ticking each other off, posting in uh, kind of stuff that ticks off people around you. All that stuff goes on around you, and God says, in the church, though, I want that to be a point of transformation. I want in your relationships for you to grow. So the way that God is gonna grow you isn't through the easy things of life. It's gonna be through the painful things of life. We're in a lot of pain right now in our city, and many of us would like to avoid conversations, but I'm telling you, God will use the pain of the moment to begin to change what's inside of you. Now, Jesus says this. He said um, when he was talking about his church or the house of God or the tabernacle as he walked into the temple, he said to people after kicking over the tables, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And this is what I want you to see. In the temple in Jerusalem, when Jesus walked in, and he kicked over the tables and he was mad, and he quotes from Isaiah. When he quotes from Isaiah about the house of prayer for all nations, what he's looking at literally is in the outer courts of the temple, like the lobby of the church, or the inside of the church, the back rows of the church, if you will. That was reserved for outsiders, Gentiles in that day. Yes, there were racial issues in Israel in Jesus' day. And he comes in and he sees the places, the chairs, if you will, spaces for Gentiles to come in and worship in their place where tables set up. There was no room for Gentiles to even make their way in to the temple. So Jesus does some clearing. He moves things out of the way so that there's room for people because he says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations to come in and worship. It's not just to be a place where we pray for the nations. It's to be a place where it, it, it's called for God. He's want his beautiful representation of his vision for the church, if you will. It's to be a place where people can come from every walk of life, no matter their skin color, no matter their language background, no matter their socioeconomic status. The church is to be a place for all nations to come together and worship Jesus. And as the Spirit is working in the New Testament church and the disciples, you will see that God moves the individual disciple to help, uh, as they incorporate what the church is, to help change the overall church's complexion. God will work on people's hearts so that they can become Jesus' vision. And in Jesus' way of discipleship, he pits polar opposites on his team, zealots, that wanted to overcome his, the government were on Jesus' discipleship team, his disciples. But at the same time, he had tax collectors, people working for the government. It's amazing to me, Jesus was not afraid of polar opposites being on the same team. There were fishermen, there were average, everyday, blue-collar workers, and there were people that had wealth, and there were people that knew how to handle money. 
there were people that would eventually betray him. So Jesus didn't have the perfect team that looked like him. He had a team of diversity all around him. And by the way, he had women that were a part of that group that traveled with his group all the time, which was totally countercultural to that generation and that culture. Jesus was not afraid of differences of opinion. And I want you to hear me today. Listen, we don't all have to think the same way to have unity. We have to learn to submit our hearts to God and we can have differences of opinion, but we can submit to God and love one another through our differences. And really that's what Jesus was building in his house. And he used three years of constant closeness with them to shape these disciples. What was his method? He had them live together. Yes, you wanna grow? Then live with the people who are nothing like you. You'll either change or you'll rage or you'll leave. And the disciples learned to change. Here's the thing that we have right now in America is we have pockets of people somewhat living together and we're afraid of difficult conversations. And I believe that the church should be positioned to have courageous conversations with people who don't look anything like us. We need to be connected to one another. And in his way of doing things, Jesus is setting his disciples up for greater spiritual growth. The point I'm making today is this. It is impossible to get people who are raised to think opposite to get together. But nothing is impossible with God. God can do what we could never do. And there comes a time when we need mountain-moving prayer, prayer that is more than just a formal list of things to say. Jesus believed in the power so much that it got his disciples' attention. They didn't just want to know how to do miracles and do things the way he did them. They wanted to know, how do you pray? Because he would go behind a rock and pray for a long time and come out and do amazing things and say amazing things. So they saw prayer as his connection to his lifestyle. We need to have that prayer behind the scenes that affects our lifestyle when we go in the public. And Jesus, in a sense, mountain-moving prayer happens when we pray like Jesus prayed. Mountain-moving prayer happens when we pray like Jesus prayed. You and I have to learn to pray the way he prayed. And this is how uh, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And this is how he answered them. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I love the model that Jesus gives. He comes under the authority of the Father. If you are not under authority, you can't pray. It's simple. If you are your own judge and jury for everything in life, you cannot get God's ear. You have to come underneath authority in your heart and submit to God and his authority. You have to do that. And then he models it and he says, listen, let your kingdom come. What I see around here isn't your kingdom. I don't like what I see right now. But would you let your kingdom, your way of thinking, your way that's not like America, 
It's not like the Republicans or the Democrats. It's not like all the other systems that are trying to come our way. I need a different kind of kingdom. I need your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, this is the way that you do it. And of course, he pauses and he says, forgive me as I forgive others. That word as is a big word. Because listen, we are looking around and it's easy to be offended in this hour. And I'm telling you church, offense is the bait of Satan. We need to learn to not take the bait of offense. And when we are hurt and we've sinned or we've been sinned against, we need to learn to forgive. And that is a miracle work of God, but we've gotta turn to him and allow him to do that. He came under his father and he asked for forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And then rescue us from the evil one. Did you know that while God is working, the enemy's at work? We can see it in the city today. So Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. And then I want you to think about when Jesus was going to leave, his disciples got freaked out because he was their, their money man. He was their their ringer on the golf team. <laughs> he was their one that you pick on your basketball team that would help you win the game. He was the one that had all of the authority that you wanted to be on your team and he was leaving. And they're like, we don't know if we can do it without you, Jesus. He said, don't worry about it. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll help you through difficult circumstances. He will help you when your mind is confused in the middle of chaos to find peace in the middle of that chaos. Holy Spirit will walk with you, he'll be your counselor, he'll be your guide, he'll be your comforter. In times of grief, he will come and help you. And then of course he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait after he ascended to the Father. He said, I want you to go to wait because the gift of the Spirit is gonna come. And in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says it's on the day of Pentecost. All the believers were meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The Holy Spirit came on ordinary, everyday individuals. And the rest of the book of Acts is incredible. There are mountain-moving things that happened throughout the book of Acts, but it wasn't easy. Some were killed. Some were separated from their families. There was a, an exile where they were spread throughout all the known world at that time. It wasn't e easy, but the power of the Spirit in the believers was so strong that it took the culture and it turned it upside down. It changed the culture, but not the way everybody else would change a culture. It did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. They encountered conflict and racial and ethnic problems that the Holy Spirit helped them to navigate. And all the while, they were the church. Church, I want you to hear me. For thousands of years, there have been Christians who have humbled themselves and called on the Lord. They were filled with the Spirit of God, and they were able to bring hope to the world that was around them. They weren't afraid to die. They were bold in difficulty. They took care of the hurting. They healed the sick. Over the centuries, Christians saw health crises and plagues that rose and the, the Christians started the first hospitals. And you can go to every country in the world today and you will see that the first hospitals were started by the church. 
You see, they looked at the need in the communities around them and they filled the need of that moment. They took care of them. Christians full of the spirit recognized the evil bigotry of slavery and rescued slaves in the United States. Yes, there were and still are hate-filled racists in our nation and in the church. But listen to me, when you are filled with the Spirit, He challenges you to transform you with His love. And while you're following the Spirit of God, you won't fulfill the desires of your own sinful nature. Our hope is the Holy Spirit in us. Friends, we need the power of the Spirit more now than we ever have. Let me show you how God moves impossible mountains. The Azusa Street Revival began as a historic revival in Los Angeles, California in 1906. And William J. Seymour was the leader, an African-American preacher. And they went and they just started a prayer meeting, calling out to God, looking at the Bible and saying, I see this in the Bible, but I don't see this in my life or in the world around me. And they began to call upon God for his kingdom to come on earth as it was in the Bible, in the heaven. And as they called upon God, there was a revival that began and people began to worship. And on the night of April 9th, 1906, just 50 years after the end of the Civil War, William J. Seymour and seven men were waiting on God on Bonnie Bray Street when suddenly, as though hit by a bolt of lightning, they were knocked from their chairs to the floor. And the other seven men began to speak in tongues and shout out loud, praising God. And the news quickly spread and the city was stirred and crowds were gathered. And a few days later, Seymour himself received the Holy Spirit. Services were moved outside to accommodate the crowds who came from all around the world. People fell down under the power of God as they approached. And out of this little gathering, the Pentecostal movement spread around the world. And ordinary people went around the world as missionaries to spread the gospel. To this day in South and Central America and Africa and Asia, there are millions of people who found Jesus in Pentecostal churches. Friends, it's not a little thing what happens inside of you. The most incredible part of the revival was that barriers were removed as the Spirit moved in. Racial barriers that were 50 years removed from the Civil War were brought down. Led by that African-American preacher, people who are white and Asian and Hispanic, all worshiped together in the same place and launched into sending the gospel around the world. This week, we were drawn into a series of events that have gripped our city and now the whole country. When George Floyd, a black man who was murdered in public and broadcast around the world with a video, something was ignited. Generations of hurt erupted from every part of the African-American community. They hurt, this was hurt that they had felt repeatedly ignored and coalesced with other officer-involved killings and their own personal stories of racial profiling and disadvantage and generational disadvantage. And now the peaceful protests that have occurred every day since Tuesday are an opportunity to publicly express the refusal to shove the pain back in. Many people of many different ethnicities and generations have joined to, de to declare their fidelity and love with this movement. However, there is a separate force of evil that has moved into the Twin Cities under the power of night and cover of night. 
Groups from many different ideological identities have intentionally brought violent tactics into the Twin Cities. A vile form of evil has burned homes and businesses and brought destruction to the very communities that the communities that they are living in. And fear of what is next has been released in the, all of the Twin Cities. People in the suburbs are wondering what to do. They don't even know, and they're not even in the exact spot of the pain and the violence. And they're asking the question, when will the violence stop? At the same time, many of the peaceful protesters want to know if we will forget their pain, their story of racial violence, and they have real disadvantages in accessing the systems of places of business and hope for their children's future and loving relationships without discrimination, even in the church. And in some ways it can feel impossible to overcome, impossible as a mountain to move. But this is the good news, church. The Holy Spirit is available to us today. We too can call upon heaven just as the very first church did. And in our differences and in our cultural separations, in our uncertainty about how leaders in the land can end the crisis, in our need to become Jesus' vision of the church, to be a house of prayer for all nations, when we humble ourselves, are willing to repent of our sin, which means that we acknowledge our part in the conflict, then we are candidates for an outpouring of God's Spirit. I believe that the wind can blow on you and on your neighbors today. This is the first church experience. This is how the Apostle Peter talked about it when everything changed in Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 16, it says, no, when he's given an answer for what's happening in the church, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke and the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, that promise is available to us today, right now. Literally, everyone is a candidate for the special outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The promise wasn't just for the disciples. It was for everyone who chooses to become a follower of Jesus, men and women, young and old. And when the Holy Spirit fills people, he transforms and empowers you to say to the mountains in your life, be moved. What is your mountain today? Are you filled with fear? Are you filled with anger? Is a loved one sick with an imposing disease? Are you overwhelmed by financial uncertainty? Have you looked at the divide between people in our city and wondered, how are we ever gonna come out of this? Let me tell you, nothing is impossible with God. When we follow Jesus and receive all of his promises, including the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are able to see, see the mountains moved in our life. Fear has no place in our heart because that is where the Holy Spirit is. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and sound mind. This weekend, 
a group of us from Emmanuel secured a trailer full of food to bring to an amazing church on Lake Street in Minneapolis called Christ Church International. And Pastor Daryl Geddes and his wife have pastored this church for 25 years and it hasn't been easy. And then the pandemic came and it became more difficult for them. And then this week, Tuesday, when the violence erupted on their block, buildings and businesses were destroyed all around them. It became apparent that God had raised up this church for such a time as this. And I want you to hear from Pastor Geddes as he shared with our group and our team about the events of the week and his gratefulness for Emmanuel's partnership. I want you to see this video. To really be able to uh, minister to our community. All of the grocery stores in this neighborhood are gone. Yeah. Mm. The Target is gone. The Cub is gone. Mm. Both Aldi's are gone. They, they rioted from Aldi's, uh, from Cub to Cub. Uh, the gas stations are gone. Everything's gone. So every place where people would have gone to find something just to sustain them no longer exists. And they would have to drive outside of their communities if they have transportation to be able to meet their needs. And there's no buses. So, you know, this is, this is fantastic. Now, we're... We're, we're being salt and light, and we're, we're a solution uh, to a problem that, is, that was presented as a result of what's, what has taken place with not only COVID-19, but also with uh, the death, the untimely death of George Flo uh, Flood and Floyd and uh, all of the protest and anarchy uh, that has been a direct result of that. So you guys are an answer to our prayer. We are grateful. Thank you, Dr. Nate, for, for just stepping in. Amen. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And thank thank you guys, Emmanuel, for just being here for us. We are we're greatly appreciative. We really are. Yeah. Our, you say something? Sure. Our hearts are just filled. Yes. You know, as we were driving over here, I did a little lesson on uh, Esther about a couple of weeks ago. And it says, have we been sent to the kingdom for such a time as Man. this? Yes. Man. And my eyes began to water with yes. tears because Man. This is really a challenging time, and you all are allowing us to be salt and light in this area at a place where people are running from. We're going to run into That's right. with supplies That's right. yeah. because of what you all have mm -hmm. equipped us with yes. through God's mighty. Praise so God. thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you a thousand times. Amen. And continue Amen. to play God's safety and yes. protection yeah. as we stay in the midst of right. Yeah, last night... Uh, I got a call from our caretaker who lives in the building and six guys had climbed up on the roof and they had gasoline cans in one hand and liquor bottles in the other hand. So you know that they were up to no good. They were able to get them down. Actually, the Somali brother who owns the building across the street, Gandhi, they were able to get them down. All of the men that have businesses in the area stayed out all night last night, protecting the buildings. You know? So we're thankful. I think my well, wife and I might spend it. Yeah, they burned the garage next door. Exactly. So that's why you smell smoke in the building, you know, because there's we're right next door. So we're we're thankful. Mm. We're thankful for what God is doing. Wow. Really thank you. Wow. Guys, a thousand times. I'd like to. Uh... See, this is real time movement of the spirit. I Meaning we got to be ready to hear what God wants us to do. And Christ Church is just getting started. They're becoming a hub for the community and we're gonna keep helping support them. In fact, even today, 1230 at each of our locations, if you wanna drop off, we've got a list of 
uh, of grocery supplies that we want to keep sending down there. You can dro drop them off at any one of our campuses. Go to our manual Facebook page and you can see the list right on there. But God is just getting started not only in their church, and we're going to support them, but in our church and what God wants to do. And those are action steps. But there are others, thousands of things that God is going to speak by his spirit to us that he wants us to do. But we've got to be filled with his spirit to hear his spirit. We've got to be ready to be used to God and his boldness will come into us. And friend, here's the point. When you follow Jesus, you go on an amazing journey. He makes you a new creation. He transforms you in relationship to other believers. And then Jesus promises the power of the Holy Spirit to you. If you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can trust him as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You can tell him, Jesus, I want to know you better as the baptizer in the Lord. I know you as my Savior, but I don't know you as the baptizer in the Spirit. Talk to him about it. Don't try to make it look like what's Pentecostally okay. Get rid of all of that junk and just start calling out and saying, God, I want to know you better. And pray mountain-moving prayers that expect the Holy Spirit to come in his own way. And let God know you're ready for what he wants to do. Today, I've got some of the people in our church and we're doing our best to be socially distant on a platform. But we, this represents in our family as a church, thousands of people in multiple communities. And we don't have the answer, but we know the answer. We know who we talk to. And today we're gonna call upon the Holy Spirit. And as we sing it, Pastor John Carlos is gonna lead us. I, wanted, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are as an individual or as a family, to pause and call out to God right from wherever you are. We need God to move. Our world needs Jesus right now. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.